Hey, we have an amazing event coming up, the Expert Advantage Workshop Series, where every day for a week, starting on Monday, May 20th, it's myself and another expert coming on to present to you about various kinds of things to help you with your brand and your business. Our brand new experts and residents in pro are gonna be there to co-host these workshops with me, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. You'll have a chance to ask all of them questions, and it's completely free to join. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Wednesday, May 22nd, we're gonna be talking trademarks, copyrights, how to know when to do it, what IP can you do it with, and the common pitfalls that most people fall into when it comes to intellectual property. 101 with Yasmin Salman Hamdan, and you're not gonna wanna miss that on Wednesday, May 22nd. And then finally, to finish off the expert week on Thursday, May 23rd, we're gonna be talking with Pamela Slim, about how to monetize and scale your IP and position it and package it in a way that is unlike anything you've really been taught before. Incredible value from Pamela and all of our experts on our Expert Advantage Week. And all you have to do to sign up and join and get all the links that you need is smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Join us on our Expert Advantage Workshop Series. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast, all one word. Every sponsorship has to be win, win, win. And the third win, everyone seems to forget, okay? The first win is, yeah, obviously, you're gonna win because you're getting compensation, okay? Like, that's clear, right? The brand is gonna win because they get to partner with you and they get to access the third win, which is your audience. And you know how they're gonna win, Jillian? They are going to get exposure to a brand or a product or a service that is going to measurably help them in their lives or their businesses. And you're actually going to improve their life Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Community Experience Podcast. I am your hostess with the mostess, Jillian, and today I'm talking to Justin Moore. Justin Moore is the founder of Creator Wizard, where he teaches all of us how to negotiate brand deals. And wow, let's just get into it. But as a community builder, thinking about how you can leverage brand deals to just kind of stabilize revenue. I'm still like, my brain is just wheeling and it's not sleazy. So just going to put that out there. We do talk about that because when I think about things like brand deals, influencer marketing, I'm often like, ooh, I do not want to sell diet tea, but that's not what this is at all. So listen in on the convo with me and Justin, and you'll see why my brain is just a moving and a shaking. All right, we are back and I'm so excited as I always am. I have such a fun guest today who I feel like we met on Twitter. It's the the story of the ages, right? I think we did. I think we did. It's it's funny, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago that would have been like weird. And now it's like, yeah, totally. Twitter pals. 
Um, yeah, welcome to the show, Justin Moore. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Julian. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I am excited about this because it's like adjacent to what we often talk about. You are the founder at Creator Wizard, which I love that name. I just <laughs> immediately go into like wizardry, which I don't know if that was your intention, but Hogwarts fan. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I was deciding, trying to figure out what I was going to call myself on social media, I liked it because it had two... I'm like, I'm computer science is my background. So I was like, a wizard is like a step by step thing that takes you through a process, right? Or you've got the wizard, you know, with the magician and the wand and all that stuff. So I felt like it was kind of a double a meaning. Recto Patronum. Yeah, yeah, it's even deeper. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Like <laughs> and the URL was available. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always like the real answer. Totally. It's the real answer, right? <laughs> yeah, I did that where I was like, this idea, this name, this URL is available. I'm going to get it. So I bought it. And then I looked up the trademarks and found out it was trademarked. Uh, and for whatever uh, reason, the people didn't have it. So I'm like, do I dude. just like email? them and be like, seriously, just pay me what I paid. Like, just take it. But I was so excited and so oh, my toxic trait is I have this like graveyard of old domains that I was like, I need to buy this for something and I'll use it in the future. I'll figure it yeah. out. Well, yeah, you just need the collection <laughs> so that when it's time, it's there. It's, oh, Otherwise, man. it'll be taken. Famous yeah, last I think, words. I think we all have that toxic trait. That's like everyone has a horde. It's actually a joke at SPI where it's like, how many domains do you own right now? And everyone's always like this frantic look. Of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought I was bad. And then I met Matt, my boss, who's sometimes on the show. And I think he's in the the triple digits. Ooh, <laughs> I'm not else. quite that bad, but I'm pretty bad. <laughs> I'm just like, what is your bill at, you know, oh, whoever you God. use, like when, when they're all up? All right. Well, that was amazing. But tell the audience, besides domain purchaser enthusiast, Justin, what is Creator Wizard? What do you do? All right. Well, I have a very specific niche. I help creators find and negotiate their dream sponsorships. So the way I got into this is that my wife, April, and I started our first YouTube channel in 2009. So way back in the day before there was a partner program, before you could really even make money on, on YouTube in, in that totally. way. Totally. Back in the vlog days. Yeah, this was back in the... Even prior like prior yeah. to vlog days like there was no it was the beauty guru era that was <gasps> like the that was what was like pop you know like michelle fawn and like that was what was popping on youtube at the time and and that actually is what my wife's first channel was about it was about beauty cosmetics and uh because she just loved that stuff and she didn't have any friends or family who like in real life in irl right who um was into that kind of thing and so i kept she was like watching youtube for maybe like a year before i was like honey you should you have to do this like you'd be so great at this. And so I was just kind of like poking her the Facebook poke, you know, that back in the day, right? <laughs> oh, no. Where I would just kept saying, not you got to do it. Yeah, not the poke. <laughs> I kept saying, you got to do this. You got to do this. Right. And so finally, she uploaded her very first video. We used our webcam <laughs> for the video. And it was literally like 140p. It was so terrible quality, pixelated. We, we edited the video on Windows Movie Maker. I remember this. Right. And, and I just kind of helped her, you know, kind of get out, get it out there into the universe, this very first thing. And so it was really interesting because the first inflection point for her was when brands started reaching out, offering free stuff. And she was like, yes, I, yeah. I have like, well, I, have won, I have won at life because it was like, we, you know, we were young, like in our early twenties and, you know, we, 
just out of school. And so it was like free stuff, like makeup, especially is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Free makeup, free, like, you know, hair curlers, like beauty tools and stuff. She was stoked out of her mind. Right. And I was also stoked because they're expensive. And so, so this was always very much just kind of like, uh, it's just for fun. It was a hobby. Right. And then when the first brand reached out and was like, no, we're actually going to pay you to talk about us. She was like, what? Like, this is what is going on here. And so here I was, I was in business school at the time. And she's like, can you like, look at this contract for me? I was like, "Uh, sure, I'm in business school, I could do this, right. And so that was what led us down the path. So started helping her kind of behind the scenes with the business side, I started, you know, transitioning from being behind the camera to in front of the camera and making kind of more cameos in her videos. We started multiple different channels. We started a cooking channel together, started a family vlog channel together. And so it was just kind of this snowball where there was just so much interest. It was kind of this wave that we were in the right place at the right time, I think. So much interest from you know, from a viewership and audience perspective, but also from an advertiser's perspective, really wanting to tap into this kind of new marketing tactic. And so you know, we started like, you know, working with brands became and still is a absolutely massive part of our of our business. I mean, we're, you know, we went, my wife went full time, she was a preschool teacher prior to that. And I, you know, I was in medical devices. And so she went full time, I think in 2012. And then I went full time in 2014, six weeks after my, our first son was born. And so at the time, I remember like, everyone, our friends, family looking at us and being like, you're going to leave your six figure medical device job to be a YouTuber. Like what? I'm like, Oh, honey. But yeah, exactly. It was like, Oh, sweet child. Right. You know, and, and <laughs> sweet yeah, sweet summer child. Right. And, <laughs> and we were like, yeah, like we're, we're going to we, like, it was always like, we viewed it as an opportunity cost where like, I thought to myself, like if I could spend 60 hours a week on our creator business instead of in this cubicle at my, you know, I, I had a great job. It was, you know, health insurance, right? All this stuff, right? All the nor- the normal tropes, right? And I was like, but what, what if? It was this, this pregnant question, like, what if, right? And sure enough, we took, we basically planned for two years. Okay, like once we hit this point, I have to quit. Like there, there's no, otherwise I'm never going to do it, right? And so we took the plunge. And so right around that time, I would say maybe about a year or so after we were both kind of doing this full time, you know, business school, Justin over here was like, okay, like this is going really well, but the chances of of us being able to do this personally, you know, maintain the same level of viewership and you know audience growth and influence and stuff for 10 years, 15 years, probably is low, right? Like that was my, my hypothesis. Right. And so I was like, okay, we got to do something now to diversify our revenue streams essentially. Right. And so I started an agency. I said, okay, I have learned, we've done so many sponsorships by this point, and we've got all these friends who also do this. What if I just emailed the brand that we just worked with and be like, hey, it was great working with you. Are you also looking for other creators to partner with, right? And so I literally made this business out of nothing. And and, and it worked. People was like, oh, yeah, that's so interesting. And so I was not managing anyone directly. I was not their manager. It was more just like, I called them up and I was like, hey, if I can get you deals, can I like put you in a deck and like say you're on my like quote unquote roster? And they're like, sure. Right. And so this is how it, it happened. And it was very, it worked. It, it really worked. And, you know, fast forward, you know, seven years or so, you know, we paid out millions of dollars of sponsorships to other creators. And so I had this. So basically what happened is um, it went really, I have a whole YouTube video all on all, all on this, like what happened with the agency. But the, the long story short is that uh, ultimately everything blew up right when COVID started. I had multiple employees. I had to, you know, we had all these contracts that were in the pipeline that just got evaporated. It was just crushing. I had to lay everyone off. And it was like, 
had a bunch of debt. It was like, it was a whole saga. But basically what happened was I was kind of in the lowest point of my life, candidly. I was very depressed. I just had to lay off a bunch of people I really enjoyed working with. Things were going, still going okay for April and I, for our like personal business and channels and everything. But I you know, had spent the last seven years of my life trying to build up this other business to kind of diversify our family. And it didn't turn into the big profitable venture that I hoped it would be. Right. And so here I was, you know, kind of in the ashes at the lowest nadir of my life. And I was like, you know what? There's something very interesting about this perspective that I have now, which is like, I've been in the trenches doing sponsorships for many, many years as a creator, but I've also been on the other side of the fence. Now I've been behind, I've been behind the curtains and heard how advertisers are, you know, now they're being like, okay, they tell us, okay, we have $500,000 now. Not 5,000, 500,000. What creators should we partner with? What platforms should we be on? You know, what's the strategy overall? What's the creative, you know, concepts, all this stuff, right? And so it was like a very, very different conversation. And in addition to that, I'd also been on the receiving end of like tens of thousands of emails from creators. And I just have seen it all, all the mistakes, you know, people being super unprofessional, like just chaotic, you know, deals that have happened and all this stuff. And so I was like, this is kind of interesting. Like maybe I should just, make some YouTube videos about this because I, I feel like I should help people like, you know, so they can prevent these mistakes. And so that's what I did. I started Creator Wizard. I, you know, made, you know, that those handles on social media, I started making YouTube videos and basically started calling myself a, a sponsorship coach where I was going to help people, you know, navigate this really tricky, you know, landscape of, of working with brands. And, and really the major insight here, which I think will lead us into kind of the, this conversation is like, there is a whole cohort of or segment of of people who are you know online business owners creators and so on who have built up you know a fairly you know maybe let's say small to mid tier level of audience or influence or community or whatever it is not large enough to have like a full time person on their team like a manager or a you know brand partnership person coordinating all this but they're making money right they may be doing you know affiliate deals or you know flat sponsorships or or whatever it is and they need help they have no idea what they're doing they're shooting blind they don't know how to price anything and i was like i feel like i could fill that void and so here we are well it's quite the ride it's funny i like so many follow up questions but <laughs> <laughs> the main thing that like triggered in my head <laughs> it was just like, oh, I would love to talk to your wife about the beauty guru drama that went down. Uh, like, I guess it's a couple years ago because that was just the train wreck of all train wrecks. Oh sad. my goodness! But anyways, that's yeah. for that's for cocktails. <laughs> so we'll, we'll I'll press pause on that. <laughs> Which beauty guru drama? I mean, there's been um, many, many over the years. So <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. If there's one thing that is a constant yes is some sort of drama we'll we'll talk about that another time because everyone's <laughs> like please don't yes <laughs> like we don't care that's for the after hours podcast yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah this is so fascinating because i think a lot of creators and especially like community builders we don't think about this explain to the audience like why this is actually something that we should be at least thinking about it's not right for everyone and how you know um to before we started recording, we were talking about TikTok and you mentioned you have an article that's like, you don't have to dance on TikTok. Um, so I think that's a, a great lead in just to explain like why this is, why we're talking about this today, like why it is relevant to community builders. Sure. So let's talk about like, go back to like kind of fundamentals here from both perspectives. So 
I think a lot of, especially community operators, managers, they don't think of themselves, number one, as creators. A lot of them like feel as though the word creator doesn't resonate with them or isn't associated with them. Creator or influencer is somehow like people who have social media platforms, right? And I think the big mindset shift around this is that whether you have built your business on social media platforms, which is rented land basically, or owned platforms, whether it's communities or you're a newsletter operator or you're a podcaster or a blogger or whatever. And so you have a little bit more control over how you are connecting with your audience. Both of those business owners have influence. They have an audience. They have people who are influenced by them. And so by virtue of that credibility that you've built up over the years, there are lots of brands and companies who would absolutely die to be able to access that influence, that level of influence, right? And so regardless of what the format of the sponsorship is or where this this partnership is actually happening, a lot of brands will just get stoked about the fact that they can align themselves with you. Your name and likeness, be able to say, oh my gosh, I am partnering with Pat Flynn or I'm partnering with Jillian or or I am partnering with Justin, with Creator Wizard. Here's Here's a great example, right? Okay, so I have, my community is on Circle, okay? And I have a private community. Yeah, extremely (laughs) same, right? And it's such an interesting development because it's not something that I expected or planned. But it's like, you know, I started out on YouTube. I started making the content. Then I made courses. I have my coaching, all this stuff. And so I made, obviously, I made a a private community to be a a complement to the cohort-based course that I have. And I never thought that brands or companies would want to actually sponsor me. Because here I am, I kind of look at myself as kind of like a, you know, during the gold rush, like the people who made all the money were like the people who are selling like the pickaxes and the shovels, right? Not the gold miners, right? And so that's kind of how I've always looked at myself is like I'm helping other people generate money. I'm kind of at that crossroads, right? And so I never thought like, wow, they're like, yeah, maybe there's some people who would actually want to sponsor me. And then I, I started all of these creator economy startups who raised all this massive amounts of venture capital started knocking on my door being like, hey, you are speaking to other creators. And that is exactly who we're trying to recruit to join our platform or work with us or whoever it was. And so I started like, you know, it, it became this conversation where I'd hop on these calls with, you know, these brands. And one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of creators or online entrepreneurs make is that they are very me focused. It's like, okay, how can I make the most amount of money? Or how can I, you know, how can I fit this brand or this sponsor in my little box of how they can work with me, right? And so it's a very narcissistic view on partnerships. And uh, one of the major like axioms of my coaching technique is to completely flip that and think, okay, your entire goal when you get on a call or you, you know, start talking with the brand is to say, tell me, what success looks like to you. What are your goals as an organization, as a brand, as a company? And rather than leading with, hey, I've got this like community or I've got this web series or I've got this blog, sponsor me. Here, you can sponsor me in this little box right here. That's how I work with every sponsor. It's no, you shut up, you don't say anything and you ask questions. Tell me about your goals. What product lines are you trying to focus on right now? What are your Q1, you know, Q2, Q3 goals? What are the pockets of, of customer segments that you've seen to be successful? Oh, that's so interesting. You, you've seen success with podcasters. Oh, have you tried working with community organizers, right? So like your job is to be a detective on these initial calls. And then once you hear exactly what they're trying to accomplish, then you say, oh, here's what I heard. 
right? You told me you're trying to do this. Well, guess what? Sponsoring my community actually would be a great way for you to accomplish that. Or, oh, sponsoring my YouTube channel or sponsoring my newsletter or whatever it is. And so it's less about here is the a la carte menu or all the packages, the prefix menu of all the ways in which you can partner with me. It's here, I'm designing you a customized solution that is a direct response to these problems that you've told me you've had from a marketing perspective. Because guess what, Jillian? Brands do not have a slush fund to pay random creators or business owners who reach out. They just simply don't. Guess what they do have? They have marketing budgets that they've already allocated to accomplish their own objectives. And so your job is to say, hey, that money you already allocated, slide it my direction. Right. So I'm curious, what's in it? Because when I think of like a, a community sponsor, like very niche in that idea, how have you seen those work? Because I'm picturing this like, welcome to SBI Pro brought to you by <laughs> Bear Metrics. <laughs> There's so many different. I mean, that's like the basic way. It's like, oh, yeah, you have like a little intro and end card, you know, if, with videos, if you have a course or, you know, some sort of badge on the branding of the community or, or whatever it is. But it could be creative stuff, too. It could be sponsored webinars. It could be guest expert lectures where they come in and, you know, they'll do a session for free or they'll provide complimentary consultations to, you know, your members, like very low hanging fruit stuff like this, where the brand is just going to be absolutely thrilled to be able to come in and they have to pay you for that privilege to be able to talk to your audience. It's not something that you give them for free. The, the, the best analogy that I can give is that you have two cliffs. Okay. The brand is on one side and their ideal consumer is on the other side, who is your audience, by the way, okay, or your community members, okay? And then their choices are twofold. They either can try to jump across this giant chasm and risk, risk plummeting to their death, or to get to their, you know, this these consumers that they're trying to reach every day, or, oh, wow, there's this really convenient rope bridge, like two feet to the, to the left. And guess what? The rope bridge, you built that. You created the community. And by the way, they're not just paying for the rope bridge, they're paying for your expertise. They're paying for the fact, this big old brain that you have of like understanding how did you create such an engaged community? How did you create this, this space that people are super engaged, people are super excited and influenced by you? Because then the expertise that you bring to them, Jillian, is not just access to your community, it's also strategy. Hey, maybe part of this sponsorship is we're gonna do a quarterly call and I'm gonna tell you what I'm hearing on the ground. I'm I, I have you know, hundreds of posts that are happening in my community, all relevant to your industry, right? And I'm going to give you firsthand, first party data on what your ideal customer segment is saying. And, you know, whether that both the positive and the negative, you're going to say, hey, like they're talking about, you know, XYZ features benefits. I noticed that you don't have that. Have you ever considered doing this? It's almost like R&D to some degree, right? And this is something that you are charging the money for. How, how do you quantify that, Jillian? It's, it's very difficult to quantify how valuable that would be to a potential sponsor or brand. So I humbly implore anyone, any community operators listening to this, that the way in which you can charge a, a brand or a sponsor $50,000 or $100,000 for these types of sponsorships is not, oh, I'm going to do, you know, twice or three times or five times the amount of posts and, you know, deliverables and all this stuff. It's about, no, the fact that they can say that they are aligned with you and your community on social media to values, you know, to virtue signal and be able to say like, hey, we are 
honestly, a lot of it sometimes is about that is like just being able to say like, we are sponsors of this community because they can position themselves as advocates. Sometimes it's as simple as that. I mean, this is fascinating because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times when you think about influencer marketing in whole, or even just like this concept of like sponsors. And when I hear like sponsored community, like it's immediate, like red flags tingle in, in the back of my head of like, eh, this feels like sleazy is, is probably a, a good word, which it sounds harsh, but like in reality, as you're describing it, it's not at all. Okay. Like it's very authentic. I am so glad you brought this up. Okay. Because I'm so passionate <laughs> about this topic. Okay. Because I had a feeling this idea around sponsorships being sleazy is the one of the absolute biggest myths. Yeah. If you're taking sponsorships that you know, you're just fleecing them, that the sponsor's not getting any value out of it. You know, your audience isn't getting anything value out of it. Shame on you. Okay. I'm going to say that right now. Shame on you. Okay. The most important thing you have to value is your own integrity for your community. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But every sponsorship has to be win, win, win. And the third win Everyone seems to forget, okay? The first win is, yeah, obviously, you're going to win because you're getting compensation, okay? Like, that's clear, right? The brand is going to win because they get to partner with you and they get to access the third win, which is your audience. And you know how they're going to win, Jillian? They are going to get exposure to a brand or a product or a service that is going to measurably help them in their lives or their businesses. They're going to get a discount code. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, Justin, thank you so much for telling me about this. I have never heard of this before. And you're actually going to improve their life. And so if you come at it from an audience first perspective, and here, here's a really easy way to actually figure out, okay, what brands or products could I, could I target using this approach? You literally ask your community members, you put up a post, you say, Hey, I want to learn more about what's going on in your lives right now. It's a Google form survey or a type form or whatever. You can do this on social media too. Instagram stories, YouTube community tab, whatever, wherever this is, you literally put together a survey and Beyond, you go beyond the demographics, you go into the psychographics, you say, okay, help me understand, like, where are you interacting with my community? Are you in line at Starbucks with just a few minutes to spare, you know, scrolling through circle posts? Or are you sitting down and two hours every Sunday, you read through all the posts that you missed for the week? Tell me, help me understand how you're interacting with the, with this community. Help me understand do you have kids? Do you not? Where do you live? What type of jobs do you have? If you're comfortable asking this, what's your HHI? What's your household income? Help me understand what are the brands and products and services that you're loving and using right now? And that's a free forum text box, right? And so then you'd be like, oh, really interesting. It seems like all the people in my community, for example, they are juniors and seniors in college and they're looking for their first job. How would I have known that from my demographics of like, you know, my Instagram demographics or YouTube demographics or whatever? You would not have known that unless you asked them. And so now you ask them, oh, you know, you realize that they're at this particular place. Well, you know what? You should probably go and put together a pitch for Indeed or Monster Jobs or something like that and say, hey, I have this huge cohort, you know, 75% of my community based on the sample size is trying to get their first job. I, I think it would be really awesome to put together a partnership where you sponsor the community. I could have someone from your marketing team come in and talk about blah, 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 the support resources to help do resume, you know, building and strategy, whatever. I'm just making stuff up. But it's like you start at it from an audience first perspective and go from there. Oh, it's super smart. It's funny because uh, some of the things you're saying to do, like that's programming we do in our community already. You know, like we invite brands in to do demos and whatnot. And usually there's nothing really attached to it. We might have an affiliate partnership. Like that's probably the closest, but we don't always like sometimes it's just we know people 
use the platform or curious about it. So we have someone come in and talk, you know, and obviously there's incentive for them to do it because then they connect with potential customers. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that I could charge for that, which makes some sense. And like not all of our communities, but in one in particular, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that just goes to build your credibility for your community. You just be very clear which ones are sponsored and which ones aren't. And so they'll they'll know, again, going from the audience first mindset, they know that you've got their best interests at heart. So whether you're getting paid or not, the goal of having bringing someone is to serve your community, right? And so you're just very authentic. You're very straightforward. You'd be like, hey, yeah, they're coming in to talk. We're getting compensated, but it's going to help you too. So it's win, win, win all around. The other thing too that I really want to talk about, which I think is is very important, which is that it's not just about serving your existing community. You can also tap into brands and, and companies to for lead generation, <laughs> to get people to join your community. Go on. <laughs> because, because think about this. Brands and companies are literally desperate to talk about anything other than their products to their customers. <laughs> <laughs> because literally they're, they're sitting here thinking, okay, what can we do in our newsletter blast? Well, it's Black Friday, so I guess we're going to do a Black Friday. Or we're ran on a random February. What the heck are we going to email people today? Oh, I guess we're going to talk about this other feature benefit of our software that no one cares about. Or we, you know, we've talked about for the 15th time in a row in our newsletter, right? Imagine if you went to a SaaS tool or some other company or brand or whatever, and you were like, hey, I would love to do a webinar for your customers. That's it. That's the pitch, right? You go in and you say, hey, Hey, random SaaS thing. I noticed that you have 100,000 people on your email list who are customers. I would love to do a webinar for you or a guest post or a guest newsletter blast or whatever. I'm going to talk about my subject matter expertise, my, you know, my community, whatever it is. This is what I talk about. Right. And the brand is going to be thrilled to be like, hey, now they're positioning themselves as like, hey, we want to be advocates for you customers. And that's why we're bringing in Jillian to talk about XYZ. And oh, by the way, part of this deal is that they're going to do another newsletter blast. So two weeks later, when they talk about how your community open enrollment is starting or your course is, is starting or whatever, that's part of the deal. That's part of what you negotiate for doing this webinar on their behalf for them. What a fun idea. So how would you recommend... Say someone wants to do that. You kind of walked us through the, you know, the collegiate like job search example of creating a deck, creating a pitch for say like Indeed or Glassdoor or whatever. And so both with that and with this idea of offering yourself to, as, you know, to come into some brand's audience and provide value in some way, what are your recommendations for someone to actually go about that and get someone on the other end that you know what I mean? I feel like to respond, to be able yeah, to, to like how do you put, the, how do you craft the pitch is the question. Right. You, and, okay. and preferably like if you have any tips on it being more than just like a cold call email type thing, because we get lots of those. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. People don't do it. <laughs> no, I've got. OK, here you go. I've got I've, I'm a big acronyms and frameworks guy like my my course and my community is littered with that probably excessively. But I've got a very simple one and it's a very easy one to understand. OK. And I've created something called the rope pitch method. Okay. And it's rope is an acronym. Okay. And R-O-P-E. So R stands for your pitch has to be relevant to a campaign that they've either ran in the past or are currently running. O stands for organic, meaning that you can tie your pitch back to organic content that you've either already posted on social media or something you've already talked about in your community that you can illustrate to them, okay? 
P stands for proof. So you can illustrate to them how you have helped other brands or companies achieve results. And E stands for easy to execute when they say yes, so that you're actually pitching them something tangible. You're saying, I'm going to do this, this, and this, not just saying, hey, I'd love to collaborate with you. What do you think? Right. And so the, the form that this pitch takes is I brought up Indeed in a recent example because it's a, you know, I d- did research on them for, for a recent cohort of my course. And here's a, here's a really easy example of how you could do a pitch like this. So Indeed, okay. They, in January last year, okay, on Instagram, they posted a campaign all around New Year, New Job. That was their campaign. It was like, hey, New Year's rolling around. Might be time to find a new job. Are you not happy? You know, kind of thing. Or you're you're feeling like you're you, you know, you you want to shoot for the stars or go for more. Indeed can be your one-stop shop for, you know, job hunting strategy and resume tips and all this stuff, right? So it was a campaign they ran around January. Okay. So let's say we're trying to pitch indeed for our, you know, job hunting community or whatever. And we're sitting here right now at the time of recording, mid-November. And when you reach out to a brand, by the way, you need to be shooting for Right now, probably Q1. Probably not holiday campaigns because those have already been wrapped. Yeah. Right? Uh, The planning for that, right? And so right now, if I'm pitching any brands, it's for Q1, right? And so your pitch to Indeed becomes, hey, I saw last year that you were running the new year, new job campaign. I was wondering if you're going to be doing that again this year, okay? Because a lot of people think that Brands reinvent the wheel every single year with their marketing strategy, and that could not be further from the truth. They literally dust off the same old playbook and they run it again, and maybe with some slight modifications, right? And so, by the way, the subject of this email is new year, new job, question mark, or new year, new job in 2023, question mark. You think that marketing manager is going to open that? Probably. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, wait, what's that? We ran that campaign last year, right? Okay. And so, yeah, you say that's the first sentence, right? (laughs) It's, are you running this campaign again? this year, right? You say, I have also been sharing with my community members the importance of resume strategy in advance of a job hunt. And then you link something. You link either a social media post where you've talked about that before, a blog post, maybe it's a screenshot of a post you've made in your community, whatever it is, right? Get creative. And you say, I would love, you know, and my, and you basically say, my audience is hungry for more of that type of, of information and resources, right? And, uh, you know, I say, okay, as part of this partnership, I can help you amplify this for 2023. I can do, you know, a couple community posts. I can invite, you know, someone from your team in to do a guest webinar. We can do some social media posts and I'll give you the usage rights to be able to repurpose this as paid advertising, maybe for, you know, three months or whatever it is, right? For Q1. I'm also happy to share a recent partnership I did with LinkedIn or whatever that accomplished similar results. Are you free on Thursday at 10 a.m. to chat about this? Justin. So that's the rope. And so, so you notice how conspicuously absent from this pitch is, hi, I'm Justin. I have 5,000 people in my community. I get this many, this much engagement, or I have this many subscribers on my YouTube channel or this many newsletter, blah, blah, blah. I have this open rate. I have these demographics. The brand doesn't care, Jillian. They don't care. They don't know who you are. Delete, instant delete on that email. Right. You you've been on the receiving end of these things. And it's like basically it's like what's in it for me (laughs) is basically what most brands think. And if you do not take the effort to show them that you've researched them, that you are very quickly and clearly drawing a line of how you can help them, then it's going to be very, very difficult for you to 
achieve responses and, and get any results. And so this rope pitching method is an absolute, this is literally one of the things I teach in week one of my course. It's, it is a absolute game changer. And, you know, the moment that you shift it again from being not about you, but about the brand, everything's going to change. That's so interesting. My brain's spinning with ideas where, you know, like all the different ways this could happen. And I could see this being a nice, just like a nice revenue source for communities that maybe just need like a little bump, but for whatever reason, like whether it's paid memberships that they don't want more people in their community or whatever, it could just be a way to kind of stabilize revenue. Well, you know, the one important aha, I think, for a lot of community organizers is that we're so fixated because I have my own course, I have my own community, so I get it, right? It's like, and just like, you're very fixated on numbers that are very relevant to your own business of running a community. It's like, okay, churn and like understanding what it requires to actually get someone onboarded. And like, if you do have your LTV dialed in and understanding your lead generation, you know, a funnel and all, all this stuff, right? We're all so very fixated on that type of stuff because that's our bread and butter. That's how we're making revenue. And, and that's where our mind is. And so you think like, the juice is just not worth the squeeze to like go after work with brands and sponsors and stuff like that. Cause it's just like, well, I should just like focus my effort on like getting more members in and like, you know, maintaining, retaining members and all that stuff. But if I told you that a brand, the right brand or company would not blink at paying you $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month for access to the right community, for access to the right lead list or, or whatever it is to, to help grow their own customer base, would you change your mind? I bet a lot of you would. And the budgets that we're talking about here, this is like the low end here, okay? Like some, especially larger players, like that is just not even a question for them. The other thing too that I think is really important to understand is that for a lot of brands and and, and companies, there is not that large of a supply of people like you in your niche or your industry, right? If they decide like, hey, I wanna actually like partner with, a community or a newsletter or creators or other people, because you think that you're you, like, th this is just their strategy. It's their marketing strategy. We want to go out and work with partners. So whether you have a community or whether you have a social media presence or whatever it is, it's just like, no, this is the partnership strategy for the brand, right? It's probably one person doing all of these types of things, right? And so let's just say you have a community where you teach people how to do underwater basket weaving. There is probably not a lot of communities that teach people how to do that, right? And so if you are a a company that supplies the basket weaving material, there's not a lot of avenues that they have. Think about it from this perspective. If they have to, their other options are, let's say, running ads, right? Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube TrueView ads, right? To be able to create the content for that, they have to go out, maybe probably hire an agency, hire a production company, hire actors and actresses to star in that content, hire a voiceover artist, hire an editing team, right, to cut the content. And then once they actually get the asset, they have to pay Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to run the dang ad. Contrast that with you, dear community operator, you have an organic distribution channel. Not only can you create the content, it, but you can market the content. You're the creative team also, right? You, if there's any sort of, you know, actually assets generated, videos, photos, whatever, you're creating all that, you're marketing it, you're distributing it. So think of yourself as like a production company in a box to some degree, right? You may not think of yourself as that way, but you truly are. Right. If, if this is what the, this is the calculus that the brand is or the agency that you're talking with is doing in their head when they're trying to decide whether to hire you or not. Right. And so you have a tremendous value proposition that I think most people don't realize. Mind blown. You know, 
it's interesting too, because well, one, I'm just sitting here, you know, when you like take a step back from just like capitalism or like humanity or whatever. And it's, I'm just sitting here like, we're weird. Like people are weird. The stuff, like the things that happen just to make, you know, just to connect someone to a product or like, oh my gosh, like where, how did we get here? But we're here. So we'll go with it. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like to like summarize what you said, it's you're basically cutting the noise. It's like, I have your customer base all paying attention in this space. So if you give me, you know, for the right deal, I can get your product in front of the people you're trying to find everywhere and they're ready. Like bring your wicker, wicker man, (laughs) because the baskets are being woven. (laughs) I mean, literally, I mean, it's sometimes as simple as that. Like if you believe that your role is making their life easier, your brand contact or whoever this company, they will pay you for that privilege. Literally, they will pay you for the to just like not have to worry about this, right? They've got these marketing dollars and you make them give them this warm and fuzzy feeling that just giving you the money will make them look good to their boss or their client. If it's an agency or whatever, they're going to do that all day long. Right. And so like it, sometimes it's as simple as that. No, it's smart. And well, I, and I'm thinking about our communities. We try to help people create income and live their best life. Right. Like that's our ultimate outcome goal. And so we provide education. We show people how to use tools. We recommend tools. So I'm thinking about our, you know, the community where people go to learn or all access pass. If we had sponsors in there, I mean, like I'm thinking about partners we already kind of have through affiliate programs. But if we're like, hey, we'll give you a, you know, a space in this community and you can put tutorials or you can do whatever and connect with our community members who are your target customers, like that's kind of, like you said, it's a win-win-win because they're getting like access, but also then our members are getting the support they need about soup. Cause we get questions, we get super specific questions about different platforms we recommend and we can only answer to a degree, you know? So if we had the, if we had a, like a place to be like, oh, let's find out together here. Like that's very valuable to our community members. It saves them a ton of time. Imagine being able to be like, hey, as part of this sponsorship, your team gets to be in this community. You can answer questions. You can do tech support for us. Yeah, totally. Right. Like like the power of something like that, because a lot of people are curious about or like concerned about letting like the people like the wolves into the into the den or whatever. Because it'll turn into a soliciting. Yeah, it's like shill and stuff. No, you, you have to moderate it. Obviously, you have to provide guidelines and, you know, like you have to establish the house rules. And that's that's just part of that, you know, goes with it. The other thing real quickly is I want to really hammer home this very important point you just mentioned, which is about who is in your community and the types of businesses that they run or whatever type of community you have. But you said something which is very similar to me, which is that, oh, we are teaching people how to make income, right? And it's the exact same model for me. So for my newsletter, for example, I I have a newsletter where I literally send creators sponsorship opportunities for free. Like I'm literally sending in my newsletter, hey, click on this link and apply and you can get paid by this brand to like do a campaign, right? And it's a free newsletter. I have eight over 8,000 creators on there now, right? And so it's like when I am pitching my newsletter sponsorship, I am able to command double or triple the amount of a newsletter that is of a commensurate size or even larger than mine because I say to brands and sponsors, I say, hey, look, The people who join my newsletter or who are in my community or whatever, these are not people screwing around on TikTok. These are people who are trying to make money as a creator. 
These are people who are well-established in their career. They're investing in tools. They're investing in software. They're investing in equipment to improve their creator business. That is why you're going to pay me 2X or 3X the amount of money, right? And so it's very important that you understand like who you're serving, because you have to be able to tell that story to an advertiser to help them understand why they should be paying. Because a lot of people, well, you're two or three X time. They'll, they'll gaslight you. You're two or three X times the amount of these other people who are of a similar size. And you're just like, okay, like my audience is way different than those people. And you just have to be very, very frank about it. Absolutely. There's definitely a lot to think about. I think anybody listening, like depending on the type of community you have, who your members are, what you're helping them solve, all of that. I think this is a really interesting way to diversify revenue and take the pressure off. And it's kind of exciting to be honest, you know? And like, I know I, I shots fired and was like, these, <laughs> when I hear about these things, I think they're sleazy, but like, you know, like everything, there's an authentic way to do it. That's the win, win, win. As you said, I like that. And then there's the sleazy way. And so of course we hope everyone uses their power and knowledge for good. I think increasingly brands are going to lean into this sort of model because it's just direct to the people they want to get to. And if it's your community, you're the gatekeeper. So if, you know, the the diet tea company is like, we want to sponsor SBI Pro and I'll be like, hell no, you won't. You know, like, obviously that's not a match. But if a SaaS company that helps people do things that make sense for, you know, our all access community, for example, like that, I'd be like, okay, let's talk, right? Like it makes sense. What if I'm going to leave you with one parting idea? Because I, I imagine there may be some folks listening who'd be like, yeah, you know, this only works for people like SBI who have like a ton of members in their community. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to go out and pitch a brand or a company that where I don't have that many, maybe it's just like a handful or a hundred or 500, whatever it is. Right. And I want you to hear me very, very clearly here. Okay. Which is that there are so many other things that you can pitch to a brand beyond just the scale or the size of your community. One of them could be, for example, you pitch to the brand that you'll create a community for them. And the credibility that you have is the fact that you have your own community. They'll look at that and be like, oh, wow, you've got a hundred people in there. That's awesome. Right. And so you pitch them, hey, like I'm going to help you create a advisory board of your own customers. Or I have some top people in my community who I think would love to be a part of this. Maybe those people are compensated. I don't know, right? But you're definitely compensated for running their community for them. The analog for this with a lot of social media creators is like a lot of times what I advise people to pitch when they're at the outset of their journey is like, hey, go pitch that you will create the brand's podcast for them. Not that they're going to be on your podcast. You actually create one for them. And the beautiful part about all this, by the way, is that now the amount of money that you can charge them is completely detached from your audience or your influence or your social media following or how big your community is, whatever it is. You can now charge whatever you desire because you are, again, serving them. You are fulfilling an objective that they have. How do you know they're, they're not willing to pay you 20 grand for that? You don't know. You don't know unless you have a conversation. And frankly, it's cheaper to pay you 20 grand to do that than it is to like hire a dedicated 100 percent. This is yeah. this is one of my favorite tactics. I, I'm like <laughs> dude, pulling tactics left and right. But like literally go look at a brand's job board, set up Google alerts for influencer manager, content marketing manager, digital strategist. Like if they are recruiting for this type of thing, why can you not reach out and pitch them? Hey. I saw that you're trying to create your own community or trying to do your own XYZ. I can do that for you on a freelance basis. Yeah, it's going to be 7,500 bucks a month, but I can do this for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually have done that and it is lucrative. It's just, you know, 
it's just time, really, if you have the time to do it and do it well, which I don't currently. But when I did, man, the rolling in it. <laughs> Those Taylor Swift tickets that are going for a thousand bucks, man. Give me the row. No problem. No, just Oh, kidding. man. I was just in the queue for <laughs> five hours yesterday. Oh, for the dude. And it, did it, it crashed though, right? Oh, yeah. It did. Wow. But I did get tickets. Um, you did? Wow. I did. Impressive. I did. And I'm not, you know, Ticketmaster, I know you're listening, but you just need to create <laughs> a tier of tickets that are non transferable. Mm. And then let the people who are actually going to the concert. Right come in and buy those that aren't going to resell them because they can't. And then people like me who are stuck in the queue for five hours because their daughter wants to go so bad, won't be so salty today. <laughs> mom of the year. Mom, let me just do a sound effect. Mom, mom of the year for that one. Thank you. But, thank yeah, you. of course. Of course. Uh, yes, I was, you know, I did get a, a, a nice big hug yesterday from a teenager. So that's yeah. wow. That's big. Hashtag worth it. Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> On on Tay Tay, let's shift to our <laughs> rapid fire. This has been so fun. I, my head is just spinning. Obviously, your energy is contagious. You are very loving all this. We'll get your links at the end so anybody who wants to learn more about your course and whatnot can, because it sounds, at the very least, the newsletter sounds like a very good idea. But yes. Yeah, anybody wanting to actually learn how to do this, I think, should connect with you stat. But let's, let's do some rapid fire. I'm going to ask a question. First thing that comes to your... Mind is your response, and it should be one word to one sentence. So, and 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 as I like to say, despite how much I will want to, I will really try not to ask follow up questions because <laughs> I often find like these questions so fascinating. This could be I keep I keep pitching. I'm like, we need to have a just a like a rapid fire like slow fire ep- bonus episodes where we just talk these through. But David, if you're listening, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, Justin Moore, when you were a wee boy in the world, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, concert pianist. I wanted to be like for many, many years. That was what I was 100% sure I was going to be. And then I became an engineer. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I'm sure there's there's some sort of psychological, like interesting fact deep yeah. in that somewhere. Justin, how do you define community? When the bonds between your community members are as strong as they are with you. What is something on your bucket list that you have done? Stay in an over-the-water bungalow in Bora Bora. Yes. <laughs> All right. And the flip of that, what's something on your bucket list that you have not yet done? I have a goal to help creators big and small land a million sponsorships by 2032. So in 10 years. So I have TikTok. not accomplished that yet. That's lovely. What is a book that you just love or recommend to everybody to read? Fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter. Negotiation Genius by Deepak Malhotra. One of my favorite books on negotiation ever. All right. I'm going to have to check that out. If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? Bora Bora. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, my wife and I were talking about this right when we got back. We went for our 10 year anniversary and we were like, how can we do this? How can we just like we're we're like geographically independent, like we're creative, like we work from home. Like, why can't we just like move here for like a couple months or something? Like, why not? Like we have two small kids, so that's makes it challenging. But like, why can't we do this, Jillian? We could do this. See, the truth (laughs) is you can do it. You just have to. It's just. You just have to. It's do all it. details. It's all. We have three cats too. Ugh, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cats can stay at mom's house for a couple of months if the kids aren't in school, like in like kin- like school school yet. What an experience! I know. You you can keep us posted on on when you're moving there. I will. Uh, 
All right. And final question, Justin, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a good dad and as a good husband. That's it. Uh, I don't, you know, my mark on the world, if I, if I can help, uh, other people beyond that, you know, that's just icing on the cake for me, but just, uh, having the impact I can have, I can with my kids and my wife is, is all that matters to me. I love it. I love it. You passed. Excellent job. <laughs> Justin. Yeah. Whew, that, was, that was a tough one. Um, and now for the math. No, just kidding. Yeah, of course, okay. you're an engineer. You're like, I, yes. I have a minor in math, so, yeah. so I could like, do it. Bring it. <laughs> well, I don't, so I was bluffing. Uh, <laughs> I can spell really good, though. <laughs> Justin, tell tell the audience where they can find you on the interwebs should they want to get in touch. All right. As I mentioned, the newsletter, it's free. I, saw, I send it out every Monday and Thursday. Thursdays are the sponsorship email. Mondays are actually what I call mindset Mondays. And I send you stuff all around like what's in between your ears, because I feel like that is what prevents people from actually making money a lot of the times when it comes to being a creator, imposter syndrome, all that stuff. So yeah, you just go to creatorwizard.com slash join. And I would love to connect with with all y'all listening. And I'm just at creator wizard pretty much everywhere on social media. On all the webs. And you mentioned your course. I thought yes. I heard you say cohorts is. I do. Yeah. So I have two courses. My signature course, I guess you could call it, is called Brand Deal Wizard. And it's a four-week course that I run three times a year. So I actually just finished cohort number seven. And so the next uh, cohort will be in the winter, which is February, March timeframe, 2023. And yeah, it's, you want to join the waitlist. It's just branddealwizard.com. Uh, it is, I would say, a more of an advanced course because it is, uh, it's designed for creators or online uh, business owners who have who do have some experience working with brands. If you're kind of at the outset of this, uh, I have another kind of a self-study course called Gifted to Paid. It's for creators and, and folks who are just used to just getting a bunch of free stuff offers, you know, free product offers. Like, hey, here's free, you know, subscription to our SaaS tool or like here's, free, you know, free thing, we'll ship it to you, but you got to talk about it, you know? Um, and so it's it's all focused on this topic of like, how do you actually uh, transition those into paid partnerships and have that conversation articulate to a brand's why they actually why it would require an investment. And so that's just gifted to paid.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being being on the show today. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. That's the episode with Justin. You can check him out all over the interwebs at Creator Wizard. Head over to his website, creatorwizard.com. And yeah. That's the that's the episode today. I hope you found this valuable, whether it's something you're interested in or something that does not align with what you want to do. Let me know on Twitter at Jillian Benbow. I will see you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, my friends. We will see you next Tuesday. You can find Justin Moore at creatorwizard.com and on all the socials at creatorwizard. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.